as we roll thunder across the United States shooting Long Ride Home, Grady Dyke rides in the back of the pack as a tail gunner. He rides sweep to make sure all the men are in formation and that everything is taken care of. Aloha. From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. And today we have uh, joining us uh, in our next segment, Grady Dyke. Uh, Grady Dyke is a member of the Catholic Crossbears Motorcycle Ministry, uh, which is a, a really a great ministry. They focus on ministering uh, in evangelizing um, people that are incarcerated. Grady, uh, in particular, works with incarcerated youth. He's a former Marine, former member of the Coast Guard, and now still works for the Coast Guard uh, down in Houston, Texas. And uh, we're really glad to have him on our show. Uh, and to have him as a cast member on our Long Ride Home reality TV show that airs on Sunday nights on EWTN Television Network. Uh, you can watch that by tuning in 11 p.m. Eastern Time, or you can watch it uh, online at 11 p.m. You can also watch it live on the EWTN app that you can download from your smartphone. Uh, but you can also watch it by going to YouTube, and you can watch uh, you know, the episodes after they've been uh, released. And watching it on YouTube is a great way to uh, share it on social media, through your email, or, or text messaging a friend. It's a great way for you to participate in our evangelistic efforts. The TV show Long Ride Home is meant to be kind of a channel stopper, where someone may be flipping channels, and then they see uh, men rolling thunder across the desert and wondering what's going on, or what these bikers are doing, uh, carrying a cross, walking uh, along the street in front of brothels and praying the rosary. Uh, they, they wonder what we're doing um, you know, uh, having mass out in the middle of the desert on a high mesa. They wonder what we're doing when you hear us yell out, Viva Cristo Rey, the shout of the Cristeros, uh, in response to the Mexican Revolution, uh, the Catholic Cristeros. And so it's, it's a bit of a channel stopper, uh, but the effort that we're doing a long ride home, the reason why we're doing this is to get people to stop and watch just long enough so that they can hear uh, the gospel message. And we're rolling thunder across the United States. We've uh, season one is airing now uh, through the summer, and we've actually already gone out and shot season two. Season one, uh, Tony Orban and I got on, on our motorcycles, and we rolled from Cocoa Beach, Florida, up to Jacksonville, and then across to Texas and uh, over to San Diego. And then I rolled up to uh, Carmel, California. Really what it was is we replicated uh, a thing I did years ago, probably 17 years ago, where I pedaled my my bicycle from my son's Navy ship in the San Diego shipyard uh, over to Jacksonville, Florida. So we kind of did the same thing in reverse. Uh, but this time, as we rolled thunder, we were joined up by different people. We were joined up by uh, half a dozen members of the Catholic Crossbears Motorcycle Ministry in Louisiana, and they escorted us all the way to Houston. And then we had a biker rally at a church, at a Catholic church there in Houston. And uh, and then other members joined up with us, and we rolled, I think it was about 15 of us all together, uh, including the, 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 the camera crew and the support vehicles. Uh, six riders rode uh, across Texas into the Big Bend. And the thing about going to the Big Bend, and then we, there we got to spend four or five days. The thing about the Big Bend area of Texas is you don't go there by accident. It's not like it's on the way to anywhere. 
the road dead ends basically at the Big Bend. And the Big Bend is that area of Texas where uh, uh, Pancho Villa uh, rode hard with his men as, the, as Black Jack Sherman pursued them after they uh, massacred some people near Las Cruces, New Mexico, chased them across the, uh, the Rio Grande, and they decimated Pancho Villa's forces, but of course Pancho Villa escaped. In other words, it's a place where no one goes uh, uh, by just passing through. It's an area you have to go through on purpose. And the further you go towards the Big Bend, the narrower the streets become. And uh, Jesus said that the path to uh, salvation is narrow and that very few travel thereon. And so kind of that, that trip to the Big Bend for us was a way to step out of our normal life, uh, begin to grow uh, in a deeper way with the Lord, but also to pursue a masculine uh, Christianity, to understand that men and women are different, and the way that men relate with the Lord and pursue the Lord might be different. I know one thing for sure, uh, in, during season one and in season two, the men thrived on adversity, and there always was a lot of adversity. Uh, we had days in the saddle of 490 miles, long, long rides, uh, in really in, in in you know scorching heat going across the desert of Texas, and then we had the opposite thing when we shot season two, which will it won't be airing until later on. Uh, we had you know cold, windy rain as we rode our motorcycles. Uh, across um, Delaware and took the Cape May Ferry and up into New Jersey to Allentown to Father Brian Woodrow's church, uh, St. John uh, Catholic Church up there and uh, Coach John McKenna's uh, church up there. But there was something about this 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 fact that you don't go to the Big Bend uh, just by passing through, and you don't get to heaven just by passing through life. You need to choose heaven. You need to choose the narrow way. And there really is only one way. Uh, Grady Dyke throughout uh, season one raised his hand up and said to remember just one thing. There's only one thing that is necessary, Jesus said. There's only one thing that is necessary, and that is to gaze back at the God who is loving you. I'm Bear Wozniak. We're really excited about our EW10 reality TV show, Long Ride Home, that is uh, starting to air its first 10 episodes uh, June 4th. So join us uh, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, or you can watch it on the EWTN YouTube channel or on the EWTN. You can watch on the EWTN app or, or, or watch it online with them. We'll be right back with Grady Dyke, a member of our cast. This is Bear Watson with Deep Adventure Radio.
Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. And uh, this today and in the next several radio shows that we're going to air, we are going to be featuring the cast members of our EW10 reality TV show called Long Ride Home. It's airing on Sunday nights at 11 p.m. Uh, and it starts June 4th, so it's probably already underway by the time you're listening to this radio show. And we have one of our cast members with us, uh, someone who basically forced his way onto our show. Uh, Grady Dyke uh, wrote me and said it had always been a, a desire of his to uh, roll thunder up into the Big Bend country of Texas. And he's a member of the Catholic Crossbearers Motorcycle Ministry. And I got this letter, and, there, and it was in the time when I was getting just a flurry of emails and I kept thinking back to that letter I got from him, and I finally went back a few days and found it and wrote to him, and uh, he agreed to come on our ride and be a cast member, and uh, we're so thankful because Grady Dyke is the real thing when it comes to being a biker. Uh, he, uh, he's he been riding since he was, I don't know, 17 or 18 years old, and he's a member of the Catholic Crossbearers Motorcycle Ministry, and he became our tail gunner, our sweep uh, in the back of our formation which means he's watching out for everybody uh, on the ride. And so I'm really happy to, uh, to reintroduce. We've had him on our show once before, uh, Grady Dyke. Aloha, Grady. Hi, aloha. Good morning, Bear. How are you? Man, I miss you, dude. <laughs> I miss you, too. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we just got back from shooting season two, uh, and Long Ride Home season one is about to air as we speak. It's going to be on in a, in a, at the end on Sunday, um, uh, the first one, June 4th. And so um, there's kind of this level of kind of excitement among the bikers. But uh, you, like a lot of other people, on this last ride we did for season two, you rode from where Houston, Texas, and we met up somewhere in, was it North Carolina, Florence, North Carolina, or where did we meet up? Yeah, we met at uh, my hotel at, in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Yeah, we Lance Mackey and I rode up from Cocoa Beach. You rode in from Houston. So the, the fact is that, um, you know, you rode a lot more miles than the rest of us. How many miles did you put on your bike uh, on that round trip from all the way to Allentown, New Jersey, down the Blue Ridge Parkway, through the tail of the Dragon, and back home? How many miles did you put on your bike? Uh, about 3850 almost 3900 miles yeah 3900 miles which is more miles than most bikers will put on their bikes in a year i think <laughs> yeah but you know you're 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 a man of you're you're a man of steel hey what what award did they did jerry give you in the in the jerry awards at, at the end of the shoot i i think it was the uh, the award uh, saddle up award or something like that <laughs> for for getting everybody going and and putting them together when when you say go and all that yeah, it's kind of cool, you know. Um, in the as we ride as a pack and we do this shoot, there's kind of like there's the there's the riders, and then there's the support group, which are also part of our cast. The guys riding, riding, driving the pursuit vehicles, and then you got the cameramen and the sound engineers and all of that. And so we usually ride with at least uh, three vehicles, uh, chasing a pack of about six riders. And so, describe for everybody, Grady, what a pit stop is like when we pull into a gas station. Describe that. Uh, well, you know, describe the chaos that we experienced and how we gradually figured out a plan, and then you began to ride herd on everybody and made it all work. Describe the the. It was kind of like a Three Stooges at first, right? Well, it's kind of organized chaos, I guess, is a good way to describe it. But 
we're getting better at it. You know, the first season was, was a little awkward, a little clumsy, and, and this season was better. I mean, people, you know, we're all grown men, but we tend to wander off at these pit stops and somebody's doing this and somebody's talking to the cashier and one person's getting something to eat. And it's hard to keep everybody together. And, and um, But we started to, to realize what you wanted and how long we were going to be there and, and where, what the direction we were going in with this. And uh, I think maybe by the 10th season, I think we'll have this thing down. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's kind of like <laughs> this. When we, when we roll into a pit stop, you know, there's, there's the sort of pit stop where we're stopping, we're going to eat, which doesn't happen that often. But we're rolling in because about every 150 miles we stop to, to fill up the motorcycles. So we do multiple leaps like that through the day. And we have it kind of down to a bit of a science now. We know whenever the pursuit vehicles pull in, they roll down all their windows so we know where everybody is and we can talk. Uh, and the motorcycles uh, park two by two and, and, and share filling up. One guy fills up while the other one runs in and go to, goes to the bathroom. And uh, then we kind of all get lined up in the way, the, uh, the way we're going to go. But every now and then, like, there'll be, a, there'll be one car parked on the opposite end and... and you know, uh, kind of this chaos. But once, what really I thought was interesting is that over time, the gifts of the different men really began to reveal themselves. And once Grady, once you took over riding herd on everybody, kind of like, uh, you know, the saddle up process, life got so much better for the crew and a lot better for me, you know, because the men really respected you and you you gave them the five-minute warning and then we were kind of off and rolling again. So, I think it's interesting how within the pack there was a diversity of gifts, you know? I think that comes back to, you know, what St. Paul says about the body, how, you know, the hand and the foot, and everybody's kind of got their place. And that not one is more superior than the other. It's just that, that God gives everybody different gifts so that we can kind of work together as a body. You can't, everybody can't be the head, and everybody, you know, uh, that kind of thing. And, and we're, we're all trying to find our, find our place there. But I wanted to say, you know, as I'm reflecting back and I watched some of the show uh, on YouTube last night with the family, we uh, my being involved in this is so much not accidental. And I and I, I mean agree. that in a humble way. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mother Angelica was involved. And certainly God, the Holy Spirit, put, put this thing together. Not just me, everybody in the group, but... You know, I, I have to reflect, how did I get involved in this? How did I get involved with the reality TV show? I just wanted to ride to Big Ben, you know, be with some Catholic guys. And now I'm involved in the second season already. Doing, I've already done the second season. And, and it's just amazing to me. I, I sit back and I wonder at, uh, at how God works and puts people together. Well, yeah, think, think, about, the, think about on our ride. And, and Nick Falls, who is one of the cameramen and works on Christopher Stefanik's show, too, came with us. And... Think about what they were observing, like the, when we the first day we rode and we got pulled over by the highway patrol because <laughs> we had an over-eager a camera person sticking her body all the way out the door of this SUV. And, uh, you know, he pulls us over, and uh, I walk over. You know, I keep my hands open. So he sees six bikers, right, and this black SUV. So I make sure he sees my hands, and I come up to him and start talking story with him. And before it's all done, it turns out he's a Southern Baptist uh, Paul Paul uh, uh, Hampton, I believe, is his name. He's a he's a uh, music minister at his Southern Baptist Church, and he has a music uh, a CD out that's really cool, and we're actually going to use it on Long Ride Home. 
Uh, but we actually got to talk with him because, you know, my, my, I felt the intention of the Holy Spirit for this show was to get a lot, a lot of uh, first responders and military people on the show. And so here we go. Here comes the policeman. And next thing you know, we do an interview with him, and he, we're going to be using his music. And, and then we wanted to have a... And then uh, I got an, an, a message on my Facebook, which I barely even can check, from someone who wasn't my friend. I guess they follow me because I have too many friends. But they've been watch listening to my radio show on Sirius FM a few months ago, and Stoney, Captain Stoney... And his wife really dug the show, started following me. They found out I was in Asheville, and he's a captain in the Asheville Police Department. And I messaged her, and next thing you know, an hour and a half later, he rolls up with six of his, I think six of his motorcycle uh, guys and a couple other uh, peace officers were there. And we got to interview Stoney and talk to these guys, and they participated in our mass. And then, uh, you know, so it, it's just like the Holy Spirit definitely invited, brought people uh, to this show. We scripted what we kind of felt he wanted, but he orchestrated everything. And I was reading in the Catholic Catechism uh, today around, around paragraph 800 where it it's, talks about like what you were saying, that there's a diversity within the unity of the Catholic Church and all these different gifts you know, kind of manifest. But it is true, the Holy Spirit uh, did two things. Did you notice? He did two things. He, he chose, he drew people to be part of it, and he also kind of... Um, you know, there were some people that were part of it that didn't didn't stay part of it. You know that he kind of made clear yeah. who he wanted there and who he didn't want there, and we just were kind of along for the ride. He was the, definitely the pack leader, I think. Well, that's that's what you you always say that the adventure starts at the detour, and and we had some detours, and and it turned out uh, adventurous. It turned out better. So, I mean, the, the the police officer pulling us over. Never in my life, and I've worked with law enforcement people a lot. I did the, the guy had a cross on the front license plate of his car of the police vehicle with, <laughs> had the cross on it. You know, you don't ever see that. That's amazing. And and for him, you know, of all the people on the on all of law enforcement on the planet, this is the guy that that pulls us over. The guy with the cross on the front of his car. So none of this is accidental. It's all scripted by the the grand script. You know, <laughs> yeah, script. and think about it. When we were having mass down by the river. Um, you know, there's this just jogger walking by. And, of course, Lance Mackey, who's always delaying <laughs> us, he's the one you're talking about talking to the cashier, you know. Unless it's Jay Plunker giving out a gospel track and, and uh, leading someone to Christ. It's, it's Lance with bad hearing, so we always have to go up and tap him on the shoulder. So we, we run hundreds of extra laps for Lance. Here's this guy that just every pit stop, I go, where is Lance? He's talking to the cashier again. But that, that way God made him uh, uh, kind of opened up the door for things, too, because when the police were there, just before they arrived for Mass that morning, you know, we're talking about uh, when Captain Stoney came, here's this guy jogging by, and, you know, joggers don't like to stop and talk. Lance stops this guy. It turns out he also is a, he also is a music minister. I forget for what denomination, but he had just, just led the worship for a huge uh, men's uh, conference. And the Holy Spirit chose this non-Catholic to come and be on our show and chose uh, the, uh, you know, this, this, this music minister to come on our show and chose the, uh, the police, uh, the trooper, to come and be on our show because he's, he's inviting. We're, part of our mission is to draw people into the fullness of faith, which you know, we believe the Catholic Church has. But it, wasn't it interesting? You could really watch every day the Holy Spirit scripting the whole show, couldn't you? It was beautiful. You know, I don't know if you know this, but it, you probably remember that there was a bus full of people from Texas 
mostly mostly women, but not all women. And they were they were uh, from a Baptist church, and they were doing this t- cross country tour in this big touring bus, and it was called the King's Road or the King's Highway. I can't remember. And and I got and I got into a conversation with a couple of the ladies. They saw my cross on my vest, and we started talking. And and uh, the conversation went to that we. Uh, you know, we've had our differences in the past, but we need to start working together because the world is against us and, and we need to, to build those bridges and to realize that we need each other as, as Christians. We need to start working together. And, and so my conversation with the lady was, uh, look, let's start here. You love Jesus and we love Jesus and let's just start right there. And we'll work the rest out in time, but let's let's start with that basis. That's our Christ is is the foundation for 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 all of us as Christians. And and she couldn't agree more. I mean, we had a good conversation, and uh, she she put she had a website, and she she talked about us on her little website, how we met. And, yeah, and I know she. Uh, I know they they were so delightful, and they they're they're laughing at. Yeah. I think their bus was pulling out while we were we we're about to ride yeah. up. You know, so there was just that there was just that sense that the holy. Spirit, and then the other thing is, I really wanted to, to talk to some veterans, and I think it was the last morning of the shoot. Uh, Tony Orban goes up and he goes, "You know, there's a bunch of guys here from Rolling Thunder, a million and two motorcycles heading up to Washington D.C., and uh, there's a Vietnam vet here." and And I started talking to him, and and he, he's sharing his love for Jesus. That's what was foremost in his mind. And then we found out he was Catholic, and so uh, you know, he had been. He, I think you actually got a chance to talk with him, didn't you? Oh yeah, we yeah we did an interview with them and uh, and we had uh, there were several of the guys in the group and we 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 had some good conversation there. He had been he had been I think ex- exposed to some sort of gas or chemicals during the Vietnam War and uh, yeah. boy did he yeah. love Jesus you know sold out to Jesus and loves the Catholic Church and so God brought the veterans to us and you know the military in our on our show Lance Mackey Marine slash Air Force and you were Marine slash Coast Guard, I think, weren't you? Right, correct. And so uh, so we were yeah. able to reach out to our military men, and, and I think that uh, these hard-nosed guys that, that have been in the military um, kind of have a little bit of a difficulty uh, responding to sort of sometimes what you see presented as sort of a soft, uh, genderless man uh, in, in some... In, in You know, you either see the media presenting Christians as that that Ned Flanders, the, the Casper Milktoast guy, Christian neighbor of uh, on The Simpsons, or you see, a, or they, they were portrayed as self-righteous bigots. And so yeah. uh, these men, real men, are going to reject both of those those models. But I think they see in us, you know, um, the uh, you know that you can be a, that God wants to affirm our masculinity. I got. I'm going to give you one minute to talk about this. The hardest day of the ride was probably the ride from. Virginia Beach up to Allentown, but it seemed like the men loved that ride as much as any other. Can you describe the adversity and why you think men love adversity? Well, I'm going to tell you, I, when I was coming from, from Texas across uh, Alabama, Georgia, the weather was gorgeous. It was just the perfect day, and traffic was easy, and I, and I said, this is too easy. I, I, knew, I felt something was wrong. I said, you know, this is nice, and I'm going to take this as a gift. But uh, we're going to get we're going to get into some adversity here because this mission is going to be opposed, 
And I knew it. I knew it was coming. And sure enough, you know, Virginia, we got to Virginia Beach, weather was nice. And then from Virginia Beach on, the enemy put up the wall. I mean, it was just it was just a brutal ride from that point forward. The weather got colder and it got rainier and traffic got bad. And uh, but you know, you know what was then that's when I felt here it is. You know, <laughs> here it is. This well, we is got- this is the. We'll continue in a moment. We've got to come back with Deep Adventure Radio. We'll talk about that more. One of the things that's cool is because the weather was so bad, we pressed on and we ended up getting to the ferry just a few minutes before it was going to depart. <laughs> so God kind of blessed us there. This is Bear Wozniak with Deep Adventure Radio. And my, my uh, adventure guide, uh, co-guide today is Grady Dyke. He rides sweep for us on our motorcycles when we film the reality TV show on EWTN called Long Ride Home. International Deep Adventure Radio. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Deep Virtue number 71 with Bear Wozniak from deepadventure.com. You know, I'm a surfer. I stand up, paddle, uh, and when you wear polarized glasses when you're sailing or when you're uh, on a powerboat or standing, walking along the beach, when you wear polarized glasses, you can see below the ocean. In Hawaii, sometimes we can see a couple hundred feet deep and you can just see the the fish moving around, the the manta rays, the sharks, the the dolphins, the puffer fish. It gives you a, a, a depth of vision. Uh, of what's possible down there. And yet, uh, you know, there's a whole big difference from being on the surface and diving down into the deep. I remember when I first learned how to scuba dive, it was amazing. I went down there where the big old Maury eels were and like a bunch of sharks came along and we fed them uh, fish and looking at the, uh, seeing whales swim above me, you know. And I realized I had this whole different sort of living where I could go up and down, not just left and right or back and forth. I could go up and down too. A whole different dimension of living. This is what it is like when you go deep with the Lord, when you dive deep into the Holy Spirit, when you immerse yourself in prayer and reading, uh, doing the liturgy of the hours and praying in the Spirit and just spending time in contemplation, praying your rosary. This is what it's like when you go deep with God. Your life has a whole new dimension to it. You had no idea that you were living on flat earth in a sense in your spiritual life. You had no idea the sense of perspective that God will give you into just the day-to-day decisions and the wonder more than anything, the wonder of it all. The wonder of life just comes alive to you when you go deep with God. So this is Bear Wozniak. I'm challenging you to challenge you to have a scuba life. Breathe a new kind of, of oxygen. Go deep with the Lord. This is Bear Wozniak with Deep Virtue from deepadventure.com. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at deepadventure.com. Back to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak. 
suffering in paradise for you. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak with Deep Adventure Radio, uh, and I'm here uh, today with Grady Dyke. He's a member of the Catholic Cross Bears Motorcycle Ministry. There's over 100 of them around the United States, founded by Eric Wardroom. And uh, Grady is, uh, is, is, works with the Coast Guard now under uh, the Vessel Traffic Service, former Marine uh, and member of the Coast Guard, and uh, cast member of our EWTN reality TV show, Long Ride Home, where we ride motorcycles. Uh, season one, we rode from Cocoa Beach, Florida, all the way to uh, San Diego, and then up to Carmel. And then season two, which we just sh shot, we ride from uh, Cocoa Beach, Florida, up to Allentown, New Jersey, then down the Blue Ridge Parkway, down the tail of the Dragon. But Grady uh, kind of ma manned up and did his ride all the way from Houston and met us uh, somewhere in uh, North Carolina to do the ride with us. So you rode 3,200 miles, so, or how, how many miles did you ride? Uh, a little over 3,800 there. Yeah, that was tough. So we were talking about how that moment, that, that time when we went from uh, Virginia Beach uh, up to Allentown, we crossed the ferry, how uh, the adversity of the weather, and you were about to make some, you were, you were just beginning to share that. Can you continue? Yeah, I was talking about how nice the weather was when I was coming from Texas, and and I felt something was wrong. I felt that uh, this was going to get tougher because with the ministry that we're on is going to be opposed uh, by the dark side. And uh, and as we did get, we left Virginia Beach. You know, weather was good. And as we started to get closer to New Jersey to our rally to you know to the heart of our mission, uh, the weather turned on us and it got pretty cold. It got down to probably almost 50 degrees. It rained. Uh, and then we, we ran into some opposition at the ferry. We almost missed the ferry, and the lady didn't have the information in the computer. And then uh, all of a sudden, everything just kind of worked. We got on the ferry. Just the ferry just before it pulls out, we get on the ferry, and, and everything kind of kind of flows. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a tough ride. That uh, that weather was was brutal, and, and well, uh, trying to get up New Jersey. Yeah, and you know the thing is, is then then I remember at the call to the wall rally we had at. Uh, St. John the Baptist uh, Catholic Church there, um, Father Brian Woodrow uh, stood up and spoke about adversity. How, you know, when you look at it, why did we like that so much? Why, you know, it, it was, there was adversity, it was cold, it was brutal, every mile seemed to last 10 miles, but there was something in us that was rising up, that it, some, a good feeling of bravery and courage and fortitude uh, kind of rose up within all the man, men, and it, it becomes kind of like maybe the one of the best memories of the whole ride was facing that adversity. Why do men uh, thrive in a, on adversity? Uh, it's a mystery, Bear, but somehow uh, men in particular have this that drive in them, that we need that challenge. We've got to be tested. We want our metal tested. Uh, we, we don't want to just sit on the couch with the remote. It, it just doesn't work. And men who do that are, are unhappy. They're depressed and they're miserable, but when you get out there and get in the mix and mix it up and face that adversity, and, and, and when, when you get through that, there's, there's an exhilaration. There's a feeling of victory. There's a feeling of, uh, I can do it, you know, and then you're ready for the next challenge. We had a lot of adversity uh, leading, leading into, just before the shoot, two things that were kind of thrown in our path that we had to overcome. But what I love about being, being a Christian, and especially the Mother Angelica uh, charism that's involved when you're part of the EWTN mission is that walls present themselves again and again, and you just kind of walk boldly right up to them, and they just kind of disappear. And we saw that happen again and again. And the other thing is, is when when I began to face some serious adversity before we did the shoot, 
I was thinking I need to ask people to pray for me because I'm under spiritual attack. And something, sure. in, but something in me when I said, when I had that thought just felt weak and yucky. And I thought, you know what? It's quite the opposite. I'm attacking the demonic forces. They're not attacking me. I'm attacking them. And all I'm experiencing is, is a little bit of resistance before they flee. You know, I, I'm, I'm never going to say that again. I'm under spiritual attack. Never again. I am. We are on the attack. And I think when you see in season one is we went out to the desert just like Jesus did. You know, he went out into the desert and took on the biggest bully on the block, you know, at the very beginning of his ministry. And you see the monks of the desert in North Africa, you know, uh, going, you know, St. Anthony and, and his men went out into the desert and they purposely went out there to, to seek to go closer with God, but also to do spiritual battle. And, you know, St. Anthony would even have bruises and and would get beat up by them, but they they were. But he was on the attack. He went out in the desert to attack. Uh, talk to us, men, about that the, the spiritual reality of of taking taking the offense. Uh, you know, I relate that to uh, I, I, I don't. I watch a lot of World War II, particularly Marine Corps stuff, because of my Marine Corps background. And I watch show after show of these guys coming off those ships and going up those beaches into, into horrendous uh, opposition, uh, machine guns, mortars, artillery, booby traps, you name it. And these guys have to, you know, they're fighting a fortified position. And, and certainly the devil has the fortified position. He's dug in. But we have to go up that beach into that opposition, knowing what's going to happen. Some are going to die. Some are going to get wounded. And, and what are the Marines taught? They're taught, don't, don't get caught up with what's going on all around you, the people dropping. you got to focus on what? Going forward. That's what they constantly say. Go forward. Because if you hit that beach and you get scared and you try to just hunker down, what's going to happen? The enemy's already got you sighted in. They're just going to mortar you. They're just going to bombard you, machine gun. Everything's sighted in on that beach. Your, your mission is you got to get up that beach and keep going. And that's the only way, because some guys are going to get through, and they're going to hit those machine gun nests, and they're going to hit those artillery positions, and that's when the war starts to change, and that's when the, when the offensive starts to, to win, and that's our, our lesson. That's my lesson, is we have to, and with this new, evangelist, new evangelism, it's, it's time for us to take the offensive, to take it to the streets, to go out and not be afraid to use the name of Jesus and, and proclaim it that he is the king and that the victory is here. The victory's already won. In our case, in World War II, there was some question of how the outcome was going to be. In our case, we already know the victory. The victory is already won. We just have to claim it. We just have to go out and distribute uh, the fruits of that victory. Uh, there's no doubt that the victory's already won. Who are, who are, uh, who are le our leaders already won that victory for us, the battle. We just... We're just following through. We're just well, cleaning up. Let's talk about that. How do we prepare for that battle? I mean, is it a, is there a daily regimen that we should we should be involved with that that you know activates that that dynamism, that power, uh, and that vision to to keep moving forward? How, how does how does a Christian man live? Well, you know, I, I sit with our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. That's for me. That's the ultimate because I'm with Him. I'm with Him myself. And I was with him last night, and I was sitting there and thinking about this reality TV show, and how did I get involved in this, and where is this thing going? And, and what was coming to me was, this is all about him. This is all about Jesus. 
you know, the motorcycles and the manly stuff and the surfing and whatever it is, those are road signs. Those are little flags for, for men to see to get to, to attract them. You know, if they hear the rumble of that Harley engine, whatever it takes to get them attracted, uh, ultimately, if, if we're, our job is to lead them to Christ, the incarnate Son of God, the Redeemer of mankind, the Savior of the world. And if we can bring someone to Christ, then we've done our job. If we're just drawing people to motorcycles and to ourselves and to our histories, we're wasting our time. But if we're bringing them to Christ, if we're, if we're that vehicle that gets them there, if we're that means that, that when they're sitting on the couch slipping through the remote and they hear the Harley rumble or they see the bikes or whatever, and that gets their attention and eventually gets them deeper and eventually leads them to Christ, then, then we're doing our job. And that's our offensive. That's what we need to be out there doing. We, not, we, we have to not be afraid. And, and I was for years. I couldn't say Jesus and talk about Jesus in the crowd I hung around with, but I do now. I'll, I'll, if they don't like it, oh well. I'll talk about Jesus every day. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. It, the thing is, too, is you know, describe uh, what happened at Viva Cristo Rey Mesa. In, I think it's uh, episode five of our series. Describe what happened on on that that day. We got about a minute, so yeah. Well, it, it, was a, it was a beautiful scene. It was a desert. The sun was coming up, and, and uh, you had the uh, wonderful idea of putting us all up on the hilltops, taking the high ground, you know, standing up on that ridge where, where you're really not supposed to be because that's where the enemy would see you. But you wanted the enemy to see us, so there we were. And we each had our weapons. We had our catechisms. We had the crucifix. We had our rosaries. And, uh, and uh, we're, you know, we're all shouting, Viva Cristo Rey. We're, we're, we're proclaiming it in the desert. We're shouting in the desert, you know. And, and I keep thinking, EW10, I keep thinking of John the Baptist, that voice crying out in the desert, preparing the way for the Lord. I just know this new evangelism is huge. God, this is a period in history uh, for the church, for the world, to proclaim Christ, because... Uh, now is the time. Uh, I don't know how close we are to the end. No one knows that. But this is a window that's been given to us as Christians to take the high ground, to get out there and proclaim, proclaim Christ boldly, and uh, and bring people into the fold. Yeah, and you know we get our we get that that power and that vision by spending time with Jesus. You know, on the, you know I've ridden motorcycles for a long time. I got to tell you something funny that happened, well, kind of embarrassing actually. I went to start my motorcycle after I think we did the um, the hero shot uh, for the second season up there on Tail of the Dragon, and uh, I couldn't start my Harley. I'm like, what's going on? Some, and, and I can't get it to start. I can't get it to start. And Father Mark looks over at me and he said, "Did you put it in neutral, Father Mark Goring?" And I go, put it in neutral. Do I have to put it in neutral? I didn't realize that all this time I've automatically put it into neutral to start it. You know what I mean? It's so ingrained in you. But if you, but if I didn't, it, he had to point out to me. Remember, put it in neutral. And I think before we take the hills, before we go on to advance, we need to remember to put it in neutral. If your life has been going, you know, I just know there's times in my life where uh, everything is just going really beautifully. I mean, it's hard, it's tough, but I feel centered and I know God's will. Uh, but then there's sometimes when I just kind of tend to lose my sense of direction, and I go. Well, wait a minute. In the last two or three weeks, I haven't been really faithful to my prayer time. I haven't been putting it in neutral. Don't even start the engine unless you spend time with an hour every day with the Lord in prayer. We're talking with Grady Dyke, member of Catholic Cross Bears Motorcycle Ministry and a cast member of Long Ride Home. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. 
Deep Adventure Radio, going deeper into the heart of God. Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. And today I have with me someone who's, uh, you know, become a, I don't know, someone I just deeply respect and want to call a friend. He, he's uh, a, a cast member and a pack member of the Long Ride Home reality TV show where we ride motorcycles across the United States. And I want to ask you, Grady, um, what thoughts came to you? The thing that started to come to my mind, especially during season two, like season one was kind of a shakedown, and so was season two. We kind of shaken out all the rough edges, and we didn't really know how to do it, how to get sound on everybody quickly, how to make pit stops, what to do, how, what time we get in the morning, how about food, you know? We kind of had a shakedown, and in season two, it got better. How would you, how would you relate the experience of being a part of the pack the motorcycle pack, plus the pursuit vehicles and the whole crew. How would you relate that to Jesus and the 12 disciples during the three years of his ministry and how they might have functioned and how they grew? You know, think about that for a moment. Tell us what, what, what thoughts come to your mind. Well, if you read the Gospels, early along, and you can see the development, early along, what are, what are the apostles about? You know, he catches him talking about who's going to be more important, who's going to sit at your right hand, left hand, and 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 they argue about their importance. And then he he keeps teaching them. You know, he keeps they're stubborn like us, but he keeps working with them. He doesn't give up on them, and and he teaches them what is what's his biggest lesson when when they keep talking about who's going to be more important. He stops and he washes their feet. You know, 
for for a person in the Middle Eastern culture, the feet are the worst part of the body. It's 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 the most humbling thing he could have done, as he stops and he washes the feet. And his lesson to him is: Look, if I am the incarnate Son of God and I'm washing your feet, how much more do you need to go out and wash the feet of your brothers? And and our Pope's telling us the same thing. Uh, it's not about trying to make yourself important. It's about serving the needs of others. Christ tells us who whoever wants to be the greatest. And, and I, I think about this because I always wanted to do something great. You know, you want to do something glorious as men, you want to do that. And Christ tells us, if you want to be great, it's good. That's a good intention to be great. But if you're going to be great, here's how you get there. You serve the needs of the rest. You, know, you this, serve the needs of the rest. Made, That's what we have to learn. It made it so real to me too, because, you know, in the pack, when Tony Orban offered to do the navigation, because I was, you know, trying to get people to, I was trying to get people to saddle up and move out at the same time and then trying to do the navigation. And I really didn't want to ask anybody else to do it because I felt like um, I needed them to ask me if they could do it. You know, it's kind of like waiting for them to respond and not sure. Uh, and and, and yeah. as a result, I kept, I was really bad at it, wasn't I? I mean, I kept saying, I'm not good at this. I'm really good at handling details, but men are not details, you know, and I would be, and over the scream of the Harleys, I'm yelling, Lance, get on your bike, and I'm running over to the pursuit vehicle. Come on, we got to go. Where's Jay? You know, and all this kind of stuff. And I was, I know I'm, God gives me this gift of multitasking, and I can see a multiple of details, almost like an orchestra leader bringing all the pieces together. But I would be the orchestra leader throwing the baton at the at the violinist probably in the back. You know, I'm not good. I'm not good at saying, "Let's roll thunder. Let's get going." I'm not good at that. I, I, I was, I was, uh, I was not treating the men with dignity. I was treating them like they were a herd of wild uh, horses or something, trying to get everybody together. And when Grady stepped forward and said, "You said I'm gonna." I will take care of getting the bikers ready to roll out. And I go, you know what? Jerry will be in charge of getting the, the pursuit vehicles ready. You be in charge of the bikers, but you be in charge of the whole caravan, you know, leading out. Once you did that, my life changed radically. And then Tony Orban came up and said, hey, let me do the navigation from now on. So the moment we would stop, we would reset the navigation on our GPS, and he would give it to everybody and make sure that there were at least two people in each vehicle that had that. And then Jerry Cohn shows up uh, when we got to Allentown and magically sandwiches and food would appear and water bottles would appear whenever we would stop. It just seemed like everybody kind of uh, had brought their gifts to the forefront. And, and all of a sudden, I was doing what I did best because I certainly wasn't good at, at, you know, rallying the troops and getting them to go forward, you know. I'd be the general who would be like General Custer riding out in front of the troops and the troops, uh, you know, lay, laying back watching me ride into that distance, you know. But, uh, but there were certain gifts that came forth among the men, and it was just really cool. But I wonder, you know, when Jesus was, was rolling with his pack, you know, riding, walking miles and miles through dusty roads into even some very remote uh, 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 little villages, he must have had duties, you know, meted out to the different, the different guys in the pack, like... There must have been some that went ahead, you know, to arrange sleeping and and to let people know Jesus was coming. And there, some of them had to act kind of like bodyguards when he was walking. He wanted they, Jesus need to have access. They needed to have access to Jesus, but they also needed to kind of keep the pack rolling forward, you know. And so, what what thoughts do you have about? Don't you have a kind of a sense of what the apostles felt when they were with Jesus and they were on, they were on a rolling mission? I, I think about him a lot, and especially I think about Peter. You know. 
I was thinking the other day, why does Christ choose these guys? You know, he could have chose Pharisees, he could have chose scribes, he could have chose masters in the law and rabbis, people who had a, a history of the Old Testament. He doesn't. He chooses fishermen, and he chooses common guys, you know, the laborers. But he he takes our, our, our strengths and our weaknesses. We have to know what our strengths and weaknesses are. But I always pictured Peter as this big, burly, loud fisherman, you know? And, and you're kind of that way. You know, you can be kind of loud, and you can be kind of pushy, but he serves his purpose, and, and what, is, what does our Lord do? He puts him in charge uh, to kind of get these guys in, in the Marine Corps, in the infantry. Normally, the, the platoon sergeant is the biggest, toughest, you know, the old Irish guy, the, the biggest, meanest guy in the pack ends up being a platoon sergeant for a reason, because he can get things done, you know, kind of like coach. And, and <laughs> yeah. I kind of coach always McKenna. envision yeah. Peter that way. And you've been, and you've been one of those two, right? Say that? You're yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely. What's what's no? Yeah, you are. Up. I've seen you, man. You're ripped, and I know. I, once you <laughs> took on the job of drill sergeant, uh, whatever role I was, I kind of got to got to ease, you know I got to ease back just a little bit. So, uh, you know, the other thing is, one thing I can tell you as guy who guy who who's, who's rolling out with you guys is that, uh, and we're about to end here, but uh, is that it's not who's the most gifted; it's really the one who's the most willing. The people out there that think like I'm not gifted, I don't have enough. I don't. What am I going to give? What, as for me, the people that I invite on this ride, and the people that mean the most to me on this ride, are the willing, the people who said yes. And when we got to, when we got to Allentown, New Jersey, and we're all beat up and exhausted, we've already ridden close to a thousand miles, and you've ridden probably seventeen hundred miles. And I go to go up to my room, and my best friend, one of my best friends from high school, Jerry Cohn. Uh, it was going to meet us there. As I go to go up the elevator, the elevator door opens, and there's Jerry Cohn. And he says to me these words. Here's what he says to me. He says, hey, Bear, what can I do? I'm here to help. Those were his first wow. words. And I think that's what Jesus wants from us. We've been talking wow. to Grady Dyke of the Catholic Motorcycle, Catholic Cross Bears Motorcycle Ministry. You can watch him on Long Ride Home, our reality TV show that's on EWTN. This is Bear Wozniak. We'll be back with much more Deep Adventure Radio. Can we say our shout, the Viva Cristo Rey, Grady? You ready? Yeah. Viva! Viva Cristo Rey! Viva Cristo Rey! We'll, we got to go. We're running out of time. Uh, we'll be right back, though, with more Deep Adventure Radio. Surf's Up, real and radical ways to live your faith. This is Daniel Boone Markham with this episode. Disappointment. Dang it, honey, I'm so sorry I messed up. Said that more times to my beautiful wife than I want to admit. Disappointment. Well, we all face it at one time or another, and some of us more times than others. Sure, we often get disappointed in politicians and sport heroes, even in friends and loved ones. But the most damaging kind of disappointment is disappointment in oneself. Hate it when that happens. Puts real drag on my wagon. No self-respecting man likes to face up to it takes humility for a man to say he messed up. Yep, I just dread disappointing my wife, my kids, but even more so my Lord. Done it way too often. Good for me that my wife, my kids, and my Lord are all forgiven and forbearing. My wife, well, she moves on once I repent. I find it more difficult to move on. It's just being stupid to beat up on yourself. Won't amount to much, but more stupid. So, given we all face being disappointed, especially in ourselves, what's one to do? 
Read them psalms King David wrote. That boy was a mighty warrior, but he hated it when he disappointed the Lord. Got down on himself about it, but not for too long. He always rose back up in faith, accepting the Lord's forgiveness, and then went on with his mission. Suspect we should do the same. Plenty of good things to stay in the fight for, like marriage, family, church, faith, and country. Just because you end up in the pig pen doesn't mean you got a waller in the mud. Be a man, fess up, then get up, dust yourself off, and move on down the trail. This is Daniel Baboon Markham at DanielBaboonMarkham.com on a journey a few miles this side of heaven. Surf's up, go deep, or go home. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. I'm also the host of the reality TV show that's airing on EWTN Television Network, Long Ride Home, where six of us men rode across the United States in a pursuit, basically, of going deeper with God and searching out what it really means uh, to uh, grow in Christian uh, as a masculine uh, Christian. You know that I know there's a difference between the way the men relate to the Lord and the way the women do. Uh, but by the way, go to our website, deepadventure.com, and you can uh, get clued in on, on all that's going on with us. And we have biker gear. It's Father's Day is coming up, and we have uh, Long Ride Home t-shirts. We have Long Ride Home uh, motorcycle patches and pins uh, for the men. For the women, we have really cool uh, racer-backed tanks, I guess they call them, and some kind of uh, some uh, shirts that are V-neck type t-shirts for the women, all with a Long Ride Home logo on it. And we'd appreciate you going there and signing up for our email because by doing signing up for our email, you get the radio show before it even airs, and then you can be part of our tribe. You can be part of our motorcycle pack. You can share those radio shows with your friends and family uh, through email or other ways, and you can be uh, become an evangelist with us. If you're a Christian, you're an evangelist, uh, and we we uh, we all need to participate in that. Until next week, I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. May the breath of the Holy Spirit. Aloha you. Aloha and viva Cristo Rey. This is Deep Adventure Radio. Hear archived shows, buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, and sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio.